Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 380 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the real reason why you don't get better at tennis. And even if you are getting better at tennis, maybe why you're not getting better as fast as you'd like. So whether you've plateaued for a short period of time or a long period of time, or if you're just not satisfied with the pace of your improvement, today's episode is definitely exactly for you. And it's a very special episode because I'm going to be reading the introduction from my new book called Essential Tennis. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. And uh, you're in for a treat today. I think you're going to enjoy this. So this isn't going to be a perfect reading. I, I read the audiobook uh, version for Essential Tennis, but this one I'm going to take a little bit more casually, not try to make it too perfect, and maybe interject some things uh, here and there. So uh, without any further ado, here we go. What's the number one thing stopping you from playing your best tennis? For many players, the answer is probably time. That between work, family, and other obligations, there aren't enough hours to invest in training on courts. Others might say age. If only they'd started taking lessons years ago, when their bodies were flexible and strong and their minds fresh, they could have been the next Agassi or Serena or Roger. Another legitimate concern is athletic ability. Like it or not, some of us are more naturally athletic than others. Our DNA and athletic history partly determine how far we go. And of course, there's what many may consider the biggest roadblock of all, money. Between rackets, shoes, strings, court time, and instruction, it can cost $50,000 to raise a top-level junior player annually. If you don't have fifty grand a year to put in a tennis, you need to either find yourself a benefactor, like Simona Halep, whose training was financed by a Romanian business person, make sacrifices like the Djokovic family, or be lucky enough to have a parent or friend who will coach you for free, like Richard Williams, father of Serena and Venus, or Gloria Connors, mother of Jimmy. Tennis is one of the more accessible sports, but there's no question that money can help you reach your goals. There are other obstacles to improvement, like difficulty finding practice partners and Lack of access to quality coaching and facilities come to mind. Yet, based on my 30 years in the game and more than 20,000 hours coaching thousands of students, I can confidently say that there's an even bigger obstacle out there. An obstacle you probably never thought of, but that's holding you back from playing to your highest potential. The ball. You might think that sounds ridiculous, The whole point of tennis is to hit the ball over the net and inside the lines. So how can the ball be the thing that's standing in the way? In fact, this is why the ball is such an impediment. Your desire to hit a good shot with the right mix of power and spin to a specific spot on the court prevents you from striking the ball the way you should. If only there were magical tennis balls that disappeared into thin air the instant they touched your racket strings. That way, you couldn't obsess over the flight of the ball, where it lands, or how fast it travels. Instead, you'd be free to focus on how you feel as you set up and swing to contact. Am I balanced? Am I loose or tense? 
Is there enough space between my body and the ball so that I can swing freely and strike the ball where I want to relative to my body instead of the ball deciding for me? Alas, such magical tennis balls don't exist. Instead, you need to do the next best thing. Take the ball out of the equation entirely to say to yourself, there is no ball. This means practicing movement and swing technique without regard for what the ball does after you hit it. Because like it or not, your desire for a successful outcome, in this case, to hit a good shot with what you think is the right amount of power and spin to a certain place on the court, will override your ability to move and swing correctly. To make matters worse, your urge to create a certain result causes something else, bodily tension. Muscles become tight and your heartbeat quickens as you attempt to exert control. This is subconscious, a remnant of the caveman version of you who relied on fight-or-flight reactions to cope with imminent danger. Flexed muscles and a quickened heart rate are great if you're trying to flee a tiger. They're less helpful, however, for hitting a backhand. But no ball isn't just a metaphor for training. The key to hitting a tennis ball with maximum power and spin is to swing the racket as if there were no ball. Instead, the ball just happens to be in the path of your racket strings, allowing you to remain loose and relaxed. Over the course of these 38 chapters and the supporting content online, you'll learn how getting better at tennis actually happens. I'll also teach you how to easily implement what you learn and integrate it into better play on courts. You'll hit stronger shots, make fewer errors, sorry, and beat players who are currently beating you. The end result is that you will become a better tennis player. This book is every bit as much for coaches as it is for players. My hope is that the material in it inspires coaches to look differently at what it means to provide a student with a holistic learning experience. Essential Tennis contains technique-based instruction, on how to execute ground strokes, volleys, and serves, instruction that has proven successful over 20 years with clients of all ages and skill levels. The book is about the improvement journey itself, including the progressions, drills, and mindsets you should incorporate into your training in order to play to your highest potential. Much of what you'll learn is counterintuitive, including why often the best thing to watch is not the ball, how you can hit your tennis shots with dramatically increased power and spin by using less effort, not more. The shock and reality of how often professional players make the very same mistakes you do. Why correct technique often feels terribly wrong. A new perspective on victory, defeat, and what it means to be dominant through the example of one of my favorite players, Rafael Nadal. And there's plenty more. This book, like my teaching philosophy, is founded on two principles. One, For every aspect of tennis, there is one element that's more important than any other. And two, if you can make even a tiny improvement in that element, you will become a better player much faster than if you focused on other things. These two principles apply to every facet of the game, whether it's strokes, movement, strategy, or mental toughness and your attitude on the court. To be clear, There are probably a dozen things you could do right now to make, say, your forehand better. But what I'm saying is that there's one element that, if you improve it, 
will lead to the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time. I've dedicated the last 30 years of my life to pinpointing these essential elements so that my students can experience big improvements quickly. A perfect example is a recent YouTube video I posted called Aim Here for Easy Winners. In the video, I explain how to win more points simply by noticing when your opponent is out of position and then hitting into the open court. Within days of posting the lesson, I received comments from players who'd gone out and played with that one simple focus in mind and had already experienced significant results. So here's a a couple quotes taken from the comments of that video. These basic principles have taken me from five to six games off a very strong player to winning one to two sets every time we play, and I haven't changed my technique at all. And here's another quote. I went to the court last night with this video in mind and decided to keep my strategy as simple as possible, following the principles you showed here. I usually beat my tennis mate, but this time the win came much easier. I almost didn't run at all. I caught myself smiling during the points, noticing how many times my mate put himself in a running situation. All I had to do was punish his bad shot selection. I'd like you to notice three things about these comments. First, these players didn't change a single thing about their technique. Players below the 5.0 level tend to believe that the only way to win more matches is by improving technique. But this example shows that technique is but one element in your arsenal. Second, this example demonstrates that big improvements can happen fast. It didn't take months or years for these players to get better. Because the tip was simple to understand and easy to execute, they were able to experience improvement fast. Finally, this lesson is proof that you can get better at tennis by consuming content on your own without a coach standing next to you. It's always great to have a good coach by your side, but the reality is that good coaching is expensive and often hard to find. My teaching is founded on the idea that players can improve on their own as long as the method is simple and sound. This book is the culmination of that philosophy. I'm confident that if you focus on these essential elements in the way I recommend, the game of tennis will become significantly easier for you and you will become a better player. This will include being able to hit the type of shot you want when you want to hit it, beating opponents you've always lost to, thriving in competition instead of crumbling under pressure, and knowing how to fix mistakes in the moment and self-evaluate at every stage of the improvement process on your own. How to use this book. I wrote Essential Tennis for players at every level. If you're experienced with the game and familiar with the terminology, the layout of the courts, and the rating systems, I suggest you dive right into Chapter 1. If, however, you're new to tennis, returning to the game after a hiatus, or the parents of a tennis-playing child without a deep knowledge of tennis yourself, I recommend you review the material at the back of this book first. You'll find a glossary of common tennis terminology, explanations of various grips, and an introduction to the rating systems that players, coaches, and leagues use to categorize levels of play. I also include a diagram of the tennis court. Even if you've been playing since you were a kid, you should review this map and refresh your memory. What you find might surprise you. For example, what's greater, the width of the doubles alley or the height of the net at the posts, and by how much? Or are they equal? If you're not sure, 
flip to the back and take a look. The answer has important implications for strategy. As for the chapters themselves, I laid out the content in such a way that they will provide the most benefit to the typical player when it's read in order. For this reason, I recommend that the first time you read the book, you read the chapters in sequence. Then, once you're familiar with the ideas and my teaching philosophy, feel free to dip in and out of the book as you choose based on whatever help you happen to need at the moment. If you find yourself overwhelmed with nerves, flip to the chapter, chapter on Stan Wawrinka's pre-match breakdown. Should you happen to be playing one of those matches where, for the life of you, you just can't seem to hit your shots in, pull out the book during the next changeover and browse the chapter on how to self-correct. I envision the book as something you might carry along in your tennis bag, along with your wristbands and extra grips. Short of having me right there on the court with you, it's the next best thing. Regardless of what chapter you happen to be reading or where you are in your own personal tennis journey, I want to make clear that the advice in this book will help you only to the extent that you know how to self-assess. At any given moment, you need to be able to know how well you're executing the technique, movements, strategy, and mental attitude you're trying to improve. Self-assessment is one of the hardest parts of getting better at anything. But now, thanks to the video camera on your smartphone, you can measure your progress and know exactly how well, or not, you're playing. In Chapter 3, I talk about why filming yourself is critical if you want to improve. I also explain how and where to set up your camera. For now, I'll leave it at this. If you're not filming yourself, you're only guessing. You might think you know what needs to be fixed, and after a few reps, you might even be convinced you've fixed it. But until you see the proof on a screen, you can never be sure. I realize it might feel like a pain to set up a tripod and phone every time you hit, But I assure you that once you do, the only complaint you'll have is that you didn't do it sooner. While there are no shortcuts to success, you can hack the process, shaving years and even decades of practice time by assessing yourself with video. Speaking of video, 12 chapters in Essential Tennis have a corresponding webpage online where you'll find video demonstrations along with PDF downloads. Utilizing these tools will help you understand the concepts you read in the book more fully, and, more important, will help you implement them much faster, especially if you happen to be more of a visual or auditory learner. The easiest way to access this supporting content is to simply scan the QR codes at the end of the relevant chapters. Since one of the main goals of Essential Tennis is to make you a better tennis player, it's worth asking what that actually means. More wins? fewer errors, moving up a level in your league from, say, 3.5 to 4.0? The answer is different for every player. But one way you might think of it is this. What would it take for you to beat the player you are now in three months, 6-0-6-0? Which weaknesses would you need to shore up, and which strengths would you have to maximize in order to double bagel yourself? I'd encourage you to spend a few minutes pondering those questions and writing down a few notes, because the answers will effectively pave a path for you to follow. On that note, to maximize your improvement, I suggest you start keeping a tennis journal. As they say in Silicon Valley, you can only manage what you can effectively measure. On the tennis court, this means keeping track of what happens during practices and matches. 
It doesn't have to be complicated. Keep it simple so you don't get overwhelmed or dread maintaining it. After every training session, simply jot down a few sentences about what went well and what could have been improved. Do it without judgment. Just make it an objective reflection on what worked out as you'd hope and what adjustments you might make so that next time you'll play better. Take a similar approach to match play, but add a few sentences about your opponent, like his or her style of play and strengths and weaknesses, and what you might do differently next time you square off. Also note how you managed the match overall. As I tell my students, every tennis match is a storybook, complete with a beginning, middle, and end. To be successful on court, you need to objectively observe what's happening in the story of that particular match, and then react with real-time adjustments. In the online content for the book, I've included sample journal pages from some of my students. As your skill-building journey gets underway, I want to thank you for becoming a part of the Essential Tennis family. I published my first blog post from the basement apartment, sorry, (laughs) from my basement apartment in Maryland in February 2008. Now, more than a decade later, my coaching videos have been viewed more than 100 million times by 11 million players and coaches in more than 150 countries. What moves me most is the variety and range of people who participate. Players in their 80s and 90s, competitive juniors, young parents and empty nesters, college players, gold ball winners, NCAA coaches, and a number of players who have ATP and WTA points. Though their backgrounds differ, they are united by their passion for tennis and for getting better, slowly but surely, at this wonderful game. I'm honored to be part of their lives. And I'm so happy to count you among them. All right, so that's the uh, that's the introduction to essential tennis, and then the core content is broken into three sections, and the sections are called the improvement process. That's number one, which is basically how to improve. Like here are the principles and the steps you you need to follow if you want to get better at anything, but tennis specifically. Section two is called On Court, and it's all about uh, tactics and technique and strategy and how to improve specific parts of your game. And then section three is called The Mental Game, and it's all about playing your best when it really matters the most. So in total, there's 38 chapters. There's a bunch of videos that, that correlate to different chapters. There are case studies showing breakthroughs from real-life students and all kinds of other supporting material and content. It's 330 pages in total. And like I said before, I read the full audiobook, which is coming out on Audible. And so you can get it in paperback and hardcover, Kindle, audiobook, however you like to normally consume books. So I wanted to read this to give you a little bit of a taste, and I'll probably do one or two of the chapters as well in subsequent episodes here on the podcast. So uh, I hope you enjoyed what you just heard, and that more or less kind of tees up the the opening content of the book. And I'll read a couple of chapters in uh, in upcoming episodes. But here's kind of my ask, obviously, is that 
you check out the book. If that sounded interesting and sounds valuable and helpful, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anywhere else books are sold in any format you could you could possibly want. It would be the, it would really mean the world to me if you'd support me. This is a huge, you know, a huge deal for me and my career and uh, my my journey as a coach. I've of course wanted to be as helpful as possible. My co-writer and I, Joel, spent over five years on this project. So uh, I hope I hope you order it. I hope you get a ton of value out of it. And if you're hearing this before May 31st, you can also go to essentialtennis.com slash book. And if you, if you do a pre-order before May 31st, I, I'm offering a whole bunch of bonuses as well. So some free additional courses and content, and even free coaching if you order a bunch of uh, pre-orders. Uh, a bunch of copies of uh, pre-order. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Just by being a listener of the podcast means means a lot to me. And if you've enjoyed the podcast over the years and it's been helpful and it's helped you made breakthroughs, it would really, really mean the world to me if you'd consider pre-ordering Essential Tennis or ordering it if it's after May 31st. Thank you so much. Take care. And I'll catch you in the next episode. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.